Thank you for um, having us. And it's a real privilege, actually, to come and share some of the things that we have learned and um, our experiences of um, living interculturally. Uh, a, a number of weeks ago, Chris and I were in the throes of finishing a master's that we've been you know, trying to finish, and um, both of us were studying at the same time. Don't recommend it, not a great idea. Um, but we both decided to do this master's course, and we had our final thesis due. And so we'd taken some time off work, and we were kind of working around the clock to just get this thing in. And this one particular day, we were just like, oh, I'm so spent, I can't do any more. And we kind of looked at each other and said, do you need a break yet? Let's, let's just head for a little walk around the block. So we wandered off, and as we, as we walked around, uh, the, you know, around the other side of uh, our street, we noticed a, a dog was playing in the front yard of one of our neighbours. And we thought, oh, it doesn't quite look like it should be there. Um, it doesn't, you know, covered in mud, and it was sort of sniffing around. There was no front gate, so we thought, oh, that's probably, you know, it's got out somewhere. So we called it over and then immediately ran across the street, and we thought, oh, we've got to, we've got to look after this. This is not great. So we, you know, proceeded to then um, look for its name, and oh, there's a number, there's a number. So we, we call the number, no answer. So we thought, oh, well, maybe, maybe we'll just knock on the door. These people might know where it's from. So we knock on the door, no answer. And then I'm like, oh, cross over, you know, to the next street, uh, to the next house. And maybe this, maybe it's come from this house. So we knock on the door, no answer. The third house, I got an answer. And this, uh, three people actually came to the door, two older, um, an older couple and their adult daughter. And they all came to the door. They were quite delighted to have a visitor. And I said, oh, look, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but I found this dog on the street. I'm just wondering if it's yours or if you know where it belongs. And without thinking, they kind of started to open the door. And I said, oh, you may not want to open the door. She's covered in mud. Her name's Skye. She's, she's very friendly, but yeah, you probably want to shut the door. And they continued to open the door. And they welcomed this dog in, and what followed was carnage. Uh, first of all, the mud everywhere. The mum, mum says, oh, oh, it really is muddy. And then the next moment, the daughter yells out, oh, no, the bird. Yes, yes. They all started to yell, oh, no, the bird. And then the dad said, it's not in its cage. So I'm on the front step, and all I start to hear is blood-curdling screams as that dog did the unthinkable. Yeah, it killed their bird. So these are not, when we think about crossing the street, these are not the kinds of, we don't want to be people who kind of, you know, I felt like the Grim Reaper, like knock, knock, oh, I've come to bring death. Like, you know, these neighbours, like I changed their life. You know, their beautiful, beloved bird uh, was no longer with them. You know, the important question when we think about crossing the street is what kind of neighbours do we want to be? What kind of people, when we encounter others, we want people to be left with a sense of, wow, I feel deeply kind of connected. And I, wow, I feel loved. I feel seen. I feel known. So today as we explore this idea of crossing the street and what does it mean to cross the street, these are the sorts of people, the sorts of neighbours that we want to be. So what does it mean to cross the street? Uh, I actually think um, 
it means, in terms of following Jesus, it means going beyond our comfort zones and crossing barriers that separate us from others. And I think it takes risks. But we're going to unpack some of those things this morning. But first of all, I want to read one of my favourite parables, actually. And I think it's one of the best stories that talks about crossing the street. And that's the Good Samaritan. So that's in Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 37. It's going to be up on the screen. Uh, Jesus replied with a story. He said, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there. Sorry, my hair's tangled up. But he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with oil, olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, please take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbour to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. The Good Samaritan shows us what it means to cross the street. The Good Samaritan, he could have actually done what the others had done. The priest had actually crossed back to the other side to avoid the man. Yet the Good Samaritan shows us what it means to be followers of Jesus who cross the street to encounter the other. This morning, I just wanted to unpack three learnings um, from this passage, but also from our experiences as we have chosen to cross the street and to cross the globe to share the love of Jesus. Firstly, uh, I think crossing the street involves going to people on the margins. It's interesting in the Good Samaritan what makes this parable so powerful and what makes his actions so incredibly powerful is that he crossed all of the margins. In fact, he went across to the man who was wounded and sore and you know, bleeding. And he crossed to the other side to enter into this man's pain. Even the text describes the Samaritan as a despised man. You know, these are, these are not just, you know, simple kind of, you know, terms in a, in a book. These are actually the way the cultural barriers were. They they were set up so that you don't speak to each other. And he went across to this hurting, wounded man and he was moved by compassion and moved into action. I think one of the things I love about crossing the street is that it's active, right? Actually, to cross the street, you're not passively standing there waiting for someone to come to you. You actually move toward them. And what this Samaritan did, he actually moved toward the other and he didn't just say, oh, gee, I'm really sorry this happened to you, but, you know, um, I, I don't really want to get involved. He paid the cost, didn't he? 
He actually used his own resources, his time. He might have had a busy schedule, yet he chose to stop. He chose to take this man to bandage his wounds, to put him on his own donkey, take him to this inn, then care for him overnight. And then when he had to go on his way, then paid for this man's costs. Are you willing to go to the margins to share the love of Jesus? How far are you willing to go to show God's love? You know, I believe that just as the Good Samaritan crossed the street to care for the wounded man, if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, we are called to intentionally seek out those who are marginalised, those who are overlooked, those who are excluded and hurting. They're the people we're invited to show love to. Crossing the street means intentionally actually stepping into their lives and getting involved, getting our hands dirty, no matter the cost. And sometimes we don't know how far that cost will be. Are you willing to go cross the street and cross the margins, love people on the margins? You know, it isn't easy to love people on the margins, but as followers of Jesus, we can be confident that Jesus himself is there. He says that, doesn't he? When you do this for the least of these, you're doing it for me. The second uh, lesson that I, I believe that uh, I can, we can draw from this passage is that crossing the street is fundamentally about crossing barriers. It's about crossing barriers and boundaries, whether they be cultural or, or societal or you know, socioeconomic, whatever those barriers are that may keep us apart from people on the margins, is that we have to cross those. We have to break them down. And we have to do what it takes to bring that love. Many years ago, we, um, one, of, one of the rhythms in our, in our weekly sort of um, space in, in Klongtoy, in our community, despite the, the, de the high density of living and the fact that you're, you, know, you could hear your neighbours, like we could hear our neighbours when they're on the toilet. That's how much, like we could hear everything. Despite that high density, there were still a lot of people who were isolated. There were a lot of people who were hurting and broken. And one of, the, one of the challenges, so this is actually an image of, um, of our community from, from the sky. Um, one of these particular days, we, we decided to visit. So our weekly rhythm was that we would visit these people who were isolated. And this one particular day, we were, it was pouring with rain. And so Chris and Rod, one of our teammates, um, in their wisdom, crossed chose to walk under that freeway. So that freeway went all the way along and it was like a, you know, a great corridor because it protected you from the rain. So as they walked and as they listened and as they prayed and said, God, take us to those that you want us to show your love to today. Take us to those homes that you want us to um, share your love with. They, a, a drunk man stumbled in front of them. It was 10 o'clock in the morning and he was clearly intoxicated and he, and he pointed at Chris and Rod and Chris and Rod didn't know this man, but he said, hey, there's somebody I want to take you to meet. And Chris and Rod kind of 
Okay, maybe this is the answer to our prayers. I'm not sure, but let's, let's follow him. And as they followed him deeper and deeper into the slum, he led them to this little shack, the broken down shack. And as they opened the door, they were overwhelmed with the stench of human excrement. And they took a breath and, and stood back. And there, lying on the dirt floor, was an elderly man wearing nothing but a diaper that was filled with his own excrement. And it was oozing and it was all over his body. And as Chris kind of surveyed the, the room, he, he kind of looked in one corner, there was a, a wooden bench. And if you had enough money, you would, you would get a wooden bench and that would be your bed. And in the other corner was a wheelchair. Now, Chris kind of looked around, there wasn't even a tap to kind of, you know, begin to wash this man. So Chris and Rod, they, they came back to our, to, and looked for us, my, myself and Oi, a Thai neighbour who used to visit with us. And they found us and they said, oh, look, we found a man and we have to help. He, he really needs us to, you know, um, we, he's, he's desperate. So we, we gathered up some things. Chris got some of his clothes and, and we grabbed a bucket and some soap and, and we kind of trudged our way back to his house. And as Oi and I began to, to bathe uh, this man and cared for his wounds, he had deep bed sores that you could put your fist in. And as we cared for him and showed him love, Oi turned to me and she said, Jodie, can I wash his feet? And I kind of looked down and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, his feet are actually aren't that dirty. You know, they're he hasn't, clearly hasn't walked in, in months. Why would you want to wash his feet? You know, he, he's, got it every, he's got his own stuff all over him, but his feet are clean. And then it hit me. I understood what it meant to offer love to this man. In Thai culture, your, your head is considered holy, and so you, you never touch someone on the head because it's, it's their holy part of their body, but their feet, on the other hand, are considered unholy. And you never touch someone on their feet and you, you, you never put your feet out and point them at anyone because it's considered unholy and dirty. So to offer to wash someone's feet is actually to say to that person, I see you and I am lowering myself below you. To say to you, you are seen. You are worthy. You are loved. You are not forgotten. In fact, you are made in the image of God and he loves you and he sees you and you might be broken and you might have been forgotten by everyone else, but Jesus does not forget you. In fact, he even uses a drunk man to invite people to bring that love. Crossing boundaries, crossing barriers, you know, as Oi washed his feet, it was not lost on either of them. As Thai people, they both understood the significance of that moment and tears streamed down both of their faces as this man's dignity and worth was restored as a child of God. Are you willing to cross the barriers that might keep you from those people on the margins. I love the way Jesus constantly crossed the barriers and the, the cultural norms. He spoke to women. 
He, he touched people who, who, who shouldn't be touched, the lepers and the lame and the blind. You know, and he, he, he hung out with prostitutes and sinners. He crossed all the barriers because he knew what it takes to show love to the broken. Crossing the street involves actively dismantling prejudice and discrimination and biases that separate people based on their race or their ethnicity or their socioeconomic status or even their sexuality. It does not matter. What are the barriers that Jesus is asking you to cross to show his love that is unconditional? There is no limit to his love. You know, I think crossing the street, the third lesson of crossing the street means taking risks. I think it means taking risks to share God's love beyond our comfort zones. There was a young, uh, a young girl in our community that we met, um, in, you know, in early days of, our, of living there. And, and Dern was her name and she was a beautiful young girl. She was blind and she was born blind because uh, when her mother found out she was pregnant, she attempted to abort her. And so the result of that was Duan was had to live with this blindness. And culturally, in that context, if you have a disability or if you have something wrong with you, the karma belief says you must have done something to deserve it. So she was frequently overlooked or treated with kind of disdain. So we included her in our kids club. We ran a weekly kids club where we got to take the kids out of the concrete jungle and we would take them literally to these beautiful green spaces to give these kids a break from the oppression and the voices that constantly told them, we don't want you. And this one particular day, we, we were in this, in this beautiful green park and we, we rented all these bikes. So you can imagine there's like 50 kids, you know, and, and it was really obvious that they were from a slum community by the way they dressed and the way they spoke. So there's 50 kids riding bikes and having an absolute ball. And Duan sat on the back with me and as, as we rode along, she sang and she, she you know, her, the, the wind blowing through her hair and, you know, she was used to just navigating her way through the little alleyways, you know, from each day, her day consisted getting from her little shack to a little seat that was at the front of our home. And so we're out in this space. But Dern doesn't know what space looks like. And so Chris noticed that as all the other kids, we'd sat down and had our, our lunch, um, and, and all the kids after lunch, they kind of ran off and they started climbing trees and they were running around and having a great time. But Dern was just sitting there. So he said, Dern, come with me. And he picked her up and he, he picked her by the hand. And he said, follow me, Dern. Follow me. And as, he, as she held his hand, he said, Dern, Dern, you, you're not going to bump into anything. You, there's nothing here to bump into. And it, in her bare feet, she could feel the grass, this foreign kind of feeling. It's not concrete. And he said, Dern, we can run. Do you want to run? And, and she held his hand. She's, she's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't. And she was stumbling like this. And as she started to listen to Chris's voice and Chris sort of saying to her, Dern, trust me, trust me, trust me. 
you can run. And he let go of her hand and she began to run. She took the risk. She took the risk. She didn't know what she was going to encounter. There might be a tree in front of her. But she took the risk and she listened to that voice and she trusted the voice and she began to run. It's like the image of, um, you know, Julie Andrews in the, in, the, in the Sound of Music, you know, on the top of the mountain. And Dern, I kid you not, started to spin and dance and run. She was experiencing freedom that she'd never known before. Friends, when we take a risk and cross the street to cross barriers and to, and to meet people on the margins, we know that we are, it, it is where we're meant to be. And we will know freedom because that is the place that Jesus is inviting us into. Crossing the street involves sharing Jesus' love beyond the boundaries of the familiarity. It, it, it means crossing those barriers. It means letting go. It means being willing to step outside of our comfort zones, engaging with people who might have completely different beliefs. It might be engaging with people who don't think the way I think. You know, for some it might mean taking a risk and relocating to the other side of the city. Or for some, it might mean relocating to the other side of the world. Taking a risk is hard, but we know we can trust the voice, the one who calls us. You know, Baptist Mission Australia, we love working for Baptist Mission Australia because of their commitment to crossing the street because nothing matters more than sharing God's love for the world. And crossing the street means embodying that love. It means embodying compassion, the inclusivity of Jesus in every area of our life. It requires us to seek out opportunities to serve and connect with others, to break down divisions and barriers and sharing this transformative power of the gospel with those who may have never, ever encountered it before. You know, what a beautiful thing that Bendigo Baptist is celebrating 170 years of crossing the street, of, of embodying the love of Jesus. What a beautiful legacy. And as Bendigo Baptist has, has continued to partner with so many others who have chosen to cross the globe to share this love. What a beautiful legacy. But how is God inviting you to cross the street this morning? What is the invitation? What does it look like for Bendigo Baptist to keep crossing the street here and across the globe? What does it look like for you and your life group or your small group to cross the street? What does it look like for you as a family or as an individual to cross the street? What's the invitation this morning? What is Jesus inviting you to risk? Perhaps you're at a place that God's actually inviting you into mission. And maybe there's a million excuses for you to say, actually, no, I can't do that because I've got this, this and this. 
Or actually, no, I couldn't do that. I'm getting a bit old now for that. Or no, I need to finish my study first. What's the risk that Jesus is asking you to take for him this morning? There's still work to do. Let's not stop crossing the street. It's important to celebrate the past, to remember God's faithfulness, but the job isn't done. We have so much to partner with God as we cross the street here and beyond. What kind of neighbour will you be? You know, the dog that we inadvertently brought grief into our neighbour's home, the owner eventually called back. She saw the missed call and she called us back and she sort of said, oh, thank you so much for getting our dog. And, 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 and we said, that's fine. And, and she said, she gave us the address to take the dog back. And she said, actually, my housemate's at home and, and he, should, he should be there. And as she told us the address, it was the very first house that the dog was in the front yard. He was already home. You know, the invitation to cross the street is an invitation to be at home with God because we don't take Jesus with us. He is already there. Jesus is already at work in the lives of our neighbours across the street and across the globe. The invitation for us is to partner with him as we bring that good news of his love. What kind of neighbour will you be? Let me pray. Jesus, I want to thank you for the faithfulness of Bendigo Baptist, for the 170 years of faithfully loving, faithfully serving, faithfully crossing the street to bring your light, your love to neighbours, to the community, to this city and to this world. Jesus, would you continue to invite us into uncomfortable places so that we might trust in your goodness to continue to bring your love into this broken world. In Jesus' name, amen.